find John chapter 15, hatred without a cause. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of this world, of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now... Have they both seen and hated both me and my father? But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pause a moment for prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you guide and direct in my words and thoughts. May I say nothing amiss. Forgive me of sin. Empty me of self. And please fill me with your spirit. May I say nothing that would be derogatory, but Lord, that your word would be preeminent. That is my prayer for every message. So Lord, as we look at this word hate and how that they hated you and the world hates the believers even this day, may we stand fast in your strength and power. We can do all things, Lord, through you because you will strengthen us as we ask. And so we pray that we would, I pray now even, Lord, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I cannot do this myself. I pray that you'd help me today. Be with those teaching downstairs. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I really want to set stage for these last words here, or the very first phrase. If the world hate you, it is a clause that means what well, does, as it does, or since the world hates you. It's a conditional clause. The world is going to hate the believer. I was thinking this week how, how amazing that is. Why does it hate believers? Because it hated Jesus. What did Jesus do? He showed them their sin. Your sin, your need of a Savior. And the world does not want to hear that they are sinners in need of a Savior. They want to think, I want to think, by the way, of myself. I'm a pretty good feller. I'm not. I'm a, a sinful human being that is in need of salvation. Well, the, I want just a few moments about the fulfillment of Jesus' words as you're turning to Acts chapter 4, please. Acts chapter 4, the first three verses. From its inception, the church has been at odds with the world. You look at Acts chapter 3. Peter and John dramatically heal a crippled man. And Peter preached a powerful evangelistic message. And by Acts chapter 4, which by the way, Acts is the history of the early church. It is the cohesiveness between the gospels and the epistles. You have the book of Acts to bring them together. The church is brand new, and for one of Acts, and as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. In 518, the apostles get out and they start preaching again and they're put in prison again. By chapter 7, Stephen preaches filled with the Holy Spirit. And they get so angry that they stone him to death. By Acts chapter 8, persecution starts spreading abroad. And who's the general of the persecution? Saul of Tarsus, who later becomes Paul the Apostle. And James and Acts chapter 12, the first martyr of the 12 apostles was James, the son, brother of John. Herod Agrippa I, the grandson of Herod the Great. I'm gonna, and he was so happy that the Jews were so happy that John or James was killed. Let's put Peter in prison. 
Peter was put in prison, God marvelously delivered him. Matter of fact, from history says that all 12 of the disciples were martyred with the exception of John. Acts chapter 9. Saul becomes Paul of Tarsus, or is converted, later becomes Paul. And was not Paul persecuted? I'm just reading again in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, three times shipwrecked, five times he was beaten with 39 stripes, he was beaten with rods three times, he was stoned to the point of death, perhaps he even died, and God raised him back in this trial. Uh, he, he was, he was uh, all these, he was so maligned and in perils of deep and robbers, all these things. Paul was so persecuted. In Acts chapter 16, if we want to go back to our chapter there, we'll stay pretty much at 15, of, of, I'm sorry, John 15, John 15, in chapter 16, verse 2, right below what we just read, in John 16, 2, they shall put you out of the synagogue, yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he doeth God's service. Saul thought that he was helping Jehovah by persecuting the church, the Christians. Furthermore, the Jews, especially among the leaders, feared the Christians' loyalty to Jesus over the emperor. They were afraid there's going to be a problem here because Rome does not like this. So the Jews persecuted the Christians. The Romans persecuted the Christians. Remember what God said? Jesus said to them, if the world hates you, the world does hate the believers. We understand that. Just showing you why. The Romans did. They persecuted the Christians. They viewed Christianity as another Jewish sect, S-E-C-T. And since Judaism was then legally tolerated, the Romans then sort of left the Christians alone for a time being, if you would. See, matter of fact, the, the Roman proconsul in Acts 18 said, that's a Jewish matter, I'm not going to decide that. Eventually, though, the Jewish hostility toward Christians and influx of Gentiles in the church got Rome's attention. And it became, Christianity became illegal in the Roman world. Several factors prompted that. First, politically, the Christians' allegiance to Christ and not Caesar was a problem for Rome. Roman ma- Rome maintained control by ultimate loyalty to the Roman government, to the Caesar, especially Howard Voss in his book says, there was a union of religion and state in ancient Rome. Refusal to worship the goddess Roma or the divine emperor constituted treason. We have a country in, in the world today Somewhat similar to that in the large North Korea. I don't know if you know anything about North Korea. But you can't even you cannot even desecrate a picture of the Kim Jong-un. You can't even desecrate that. You can't even have dust on the picture. Come and check the dust. It is a, as a nation, we, we, we somehow, and I was listening just yesterday to a person, I won't even say where it was, but it was a a complaint because this meal wasn't exactly like they wanted when it hit their palate. And they wanted something different. And can you take it back and make it something different out of it? I'm telling you, we're, we're spoiled people. We are. We're spoiled people. We are. Church history, the, Chi- the Chinese even today, they meet in house churches. You say, how does that happen? It happens when a government goes totalitarian and they crush any objectors to it. And then they're going to have, and then those who are really serving the Lord are becoming more, they become more and more of an outcast, more and more of an extreme right. And then finally, eventually, they have to start going underground because the churches are no longer allowed to worship in freedom. There's still, a, there's many, many being saved in China, but there still is the house, there are the house churches. But Christians refuse to do all the Roman hoops, if you would. If you refused the Roman hoops, politically, it was pretty much detrimental to your body condition. 
They also persecuted Christians for religious reasons because they wouldn't worship the emperor as a god. And the fact that they worshiped Jesus alone was problematic to Rome because you've got to worship the emperor. And there were social reasons. They wouldn't go to the Roman activities because they were you had to offer to idols. And so Christians were not doing to that because they only served God. The purity of the life of the Christians really smacked in the face the Romans who were very much more of a progressive people in that regard. Economic factors, political, religious, social, economic. Do you remember when in, in Acts chapter 16 when Paul cast the demon out of the girl? The people weren't happy because that was their source of income and they took them, they had a, it caused a problem. When Demetrius in Acts chapter 19 and the, all the silver was not being done as it should have been, well, that's a problem. And they raised up and for two hours, great is the goddess of Dinah of the Ephesians. For two, can you imagine shouting for two hours? Straight. Great is the goddess Diana of the Ephesians. Pliny, who was the govern, Roman governor of Bithynia, wrote a letter to the emperor Trajan and said these words. He was lamenting that Christianity had caused the pagan temples to be deserted. And Christianity had caused the sales of sacrificial animals to plummet. In that superstitious age, people were attributed famine and plague and natural disasters to the Christians. They were forsaking the traditional gods. And so Tertullian, and tongue-in-cheek, sarcastically wrote, the Christian apologist Tertullian said, quoting, If the Tiber reaches the walls, if the Nile does not rise to the fields, if the sky does not move or the earth does move, if there is a famine, if there is a plague, the cry is at once, Christians to the lion. Will all of them go to one lion? And that was the idea. Christians were the cause. Matter of fact, you remember the Nero was the emperor, 64 AD, and a big fire started. Most people understand Rome, uh, Nero started the fire himself, but who did he attribute to? It was the Christians. And so the Christians would, would light his, his flower gardens. They would be crucified. They'd be impaled on a stake, and they would be set on fire at night to light his gardens. That was Nero's idea. They were despised, they were hated. By the way, we in America have enjoyed religious liberty. We have. And I'm so thankful for religious liberty. I pray it continues. Another, again, Pliny to a letter to the emperor, he said, these Christians are depraved and extravagant superstition. He said, the contagion of the superstition Christianity has spread not only in the cities, but in the villages and rural districts as well. Oh, it was doing that today. Wouldn't that be great? If Christianity was spreading like wildfire across America and across the world today. Tacitus, a Roman historian, dismissed the Christians as a set of men adhering to a novel and mischievous superstition. Again, the first official Christian or first official Roman persecution of Christians began with Nero, 64 AD. Three decades later, the Domitian, the emperor, also set up another persecution. That's when Paul was banished to Patmos. If the world or since the world hate you, John 15, 18. The first empire wide was 250 AD when the, uh, when it was a Docetus called the Christians, and said everyone offering uh, had to offer sacrifice to the gods and to the emperor, and you must get proof. You must have a certificate that you did so to avoid being persecuted, to avoid being arrested, imprisoned, tortured, and executed. 
There's another one in 302 by Diocletian. He actually wanted to try to wipe out Christianity, period, burned all the Bibles. Can you imagine how much great Bible literature or copies of or, or great things that people took so long to copy out, the Jews took so long to copy out of scriptures that were burned by the hand of man, and yet the Bible survives. How do you explain the Bible? You explain it by God. God preserved his word for us even today. It was not until... Constantine became the sole emperor in AD 324 that the Roman persecution finally ended. But then later on during the Middle Ages, as you well, the Roman Catholic Church took up the mantra that if it's not going to be like the Roman Catholic Church, we're going to persecute the Christians. There was the, there was the Inquisition. There was, the, for example, the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre where 70,000 Huguenots were killed in France. There was the martyrdoms of, of one Roman church historian, a Roman church historian, estimated that in church history, 70 million Christians have lost their lives in church history, or history while the church is going on. I can tell you today, I just read this past week or two, that 100,000 Christians per year are martyred for the cause of Christ today. In 2023, 100,000 per year. A hatred without a cause so we have seen, when we go back to our text there in John chapter 15, when Jesus said, if the world, 15, 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. I'm telling you, the world hates the believer because the believer is on the side of Christ. And there is a hatred without a cause. Why do people today hate God? Now, as a Christian, it boggles my mind. Your one opportunity to have an eternity of joy and happiness and fulfillment and peace and service for the Lord. You one opportunity, and folks today want to throw it aside. It's not that important. I'm telling you, it's life or death. The default position of every single human being born into the world today is eternal death apart from God. But that's why we have God's word. He's offering for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life that's what this is about how you today can have everlasting i have everlasting by the way you have everlasting something right now you're either going to have everlasting death that never ends or you're going to have you have everlasting life if you've trusted christ as savior praise the lord you have everlasting life so if you're jotting down notes we that was the introduction i know what time it is i've got uh, we're, we're okay number one and there's only two points even. The hatred of the world for his friends. And we see the reasons of their hate starting in 18. It's intolerance. And they're intolerant because they're different. 18 and 19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Remember, to the disciples, remember, it's the gathering. It's the 11 disciples and Jesus. If you were of the world, the world would, have his, would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. It is clear as crystal. We've just, got talk, we just talked about how the love they should have for one another is the same love Jesus has for them and the Father has for Jesus. Now, because of that, you need to be ready because the world does not like that at all. The world's intolerance for the Lord is, I tell you, it, it's irrational. I can only say to you, in my personal belief is this, the reason the world is so anti-God and Jesus is because the devil and his demonic horde instigates it so much. Why has Islam grown to be such a huge religion? It's because, I have to say, Satan's been behind it. 
Why is Christianity so snubbed? It's because Satan wants to cause every, everywhere he can to have falsehoods and misinformation, to use the word of today, misinformation about what Christianity is. It's not this, this kind of legalistic thing where you have to jump through all these hoops. Now, we should be separate from the world, yes. But Christianity as a relationship. I love the Lord. He loves me. Am I perfect? By far. If you come here for any length of time, you know I've got a lot of imperfections, especially when it comes to fixing things at home and my cats. Two big things I struggle with at times. But he is perfect, and he saved me by his marvelous grace. I wouldn't trade it. I was thinking, honestly, I was thinking this week. You can have all the money of the five richest people in the entire world on one side, or never be able to read the Bible again in any way, shape, or form the rest of your life, which would you choose? I'm thinking that. It wasn't even like a long thought. I don't know what I'd, what I'd do without this. It would be like, and I know, you may not understand it, maybe because you've not gotten to the point where you love it or you read it as you might. Well, Pastor, sometimes the Bible, then you read it more. I just don't understand it. Well, then you read more of it. I just don't love it like I should. Then you read it more. The more you know about God, the more you love Him. I'm telling you, it works. But it's not that it's been tried and found wanting. It's been tried and found difficult and then not tried. That's, the, that's, a, that's, a, that's a summarization of Tozer's quote, something like that. Or maybe that was C.S. Lewis. They're different. Now, this is if the world hates you, the beginning of 18, conditional clause expresses a condition that is assumed to be true. We might think of it as since the world hates you, or if the world hates you, and it does, my new cat will scratch me if I try to pet her when it's the wrong time, and she does, and she will. If she scratches me, and she will do that. That's the idea. Now, the condition of clause 19, though, if ye were of the world, expresses the condition to be false. Ye are not of the world. Matter of fact, if you were of the world, the world loveth its own. What it doesn't love is someone taking a firm stand for God. It doesn't love someone saying, you know, that's wrong. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to be fraudulent in my activities. Matter of fact, I'm going to work my whole time. I'm at work. If I need to have a job to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work. Had disciples been a part of the world, they would experience the imperfect love of the world. By the way, the world's love is imperfect. That's the word phileo. It's not the word agape, which means that self-sacrificing love. That's not the word here. It's the world. The world will throw you the garlands, and the world will throw you the confetti, as long as you do what the world thinks you should be doing. But you just cross them once. I don't care who you are now. The thought police, the cultural police, they will de, uh, just, mark, just blow you, just say, well, I forget what it's called, it's where you, make, you just take someone completely, destroy him off the internet, they try everything they can to make, one is J.K. Rowling, the first person to ever make a billion dollars through the sale of her books, but she said some things, and the cultural police are not happy with her at all because she said some things that the normal people would just simply say out loud. But she's in the public eye, and you—if you're—you missing, you've got to be—you've got to be constantly morphing until the new fad and the new way things are believing. Where it's leading to is going—we're going to have in America pedophilia. Sorry, pedophilia is going to be okayed. I don't know why it popped right then. 
Maybe Satan did not want me to hear this, but pedophilia was going to be under, it's already going to be put before the people to be okay. You say, Pastor, never, and listen, we've already, we've, this never in America has already gone out the window. When's the bar? Listen, the barn door is open. Only by the God, God's grace and repentance and revival can we close that door back again to some standard. But if we don't stand for what is right, and if God does not work in a mighty way, we are on a freight train to the wrong direction, I'm telling you. But God can do. That's a different topic. But they're different. You have, I have got to stand up for what is right. He, Jesus exposed the corruption and the decay and the religious leaders, and they hated him for it. Oh, they were so angry. I mean, they were so angry that, well, they were so angry they crucified him. And they had to find some two trumped up vagabonds to, to be false witnesses, and finally they found two that would actually agree, because they had to have two, remember? One witness could not crucify, had to have two. Two finally agreed, and oh, that's right. We've got... And where, let me ask you, where are these religious leaders today? According to the Bible, they're in, a, they're in a punishment waiting for the lake of fire. We don't want, any, and, a, and the message title next Sunday morning is Hell's Disappeared, No One's Noticed. And we're just, a, we're just we just are, it is true. And I, I want to say, if I did not love you, unbeliever, if you're an unbeliever here today, if I did not love you, I would just skirt around that because I do not want to preach on hell. It's like a, it's like, the, it's like the H word that no one pastor wants to preach on. It's just as real. Do you know what? Jesus spoke twice of that as he did of heaven, twice as much. You're not of this world. You're not, and, you're not, and we, as your believer, you're not part of the world. Stop trying to sit on the fence. Fences are not comfortable. You can't sit there very long. You're going to go one way or the other. Get both feet in. Someone just said to me yesterday, we're, I, I was, we talked about Bible, and I said, hey, I showed him a book. That Bible says, oh, I love these Bible study books where I get to go through and put them and work through the questions. I love those things. We should love God's word. By the way, if you want Bible study books, I've got a bunch of new ones here over here on the left, your left, my right, and I'll be happy to let you take those as your own to, if you'll go through them. They're different. Also, they were disciples in 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than the Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. If they're right with God, they'll do that. But if they're not right with God, they're going to persecute you like they persecuted me. They had no use for Christ. The religious leaders did not. Now, in vogue today is what we call the prosperity gospel. I, I, I think I'm going to change that prosperity teaching the gospel does not contain the prosperity gospel. It's a false gospel that promises God's people, if you truly know and you've got enough faith, you'll be rich and happy and powerful and successful, such teachers and not some extent more than others, like Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar, Joel Olstein, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, Robert Tilton. Those are some of the prosperity. Some are more than others. Listen. Jesus did not promise you a bunch of vouchers if you'll trust Christ as Savior, not some slick brochure. If you'll trust me, you'll have all these things. To, oh, he prom what does he promise you? A cross. Take up your cross daily and follow me. 
Now, there are some Christians who are very wealthy and praise the Lord, and there are a lot of giving wealthy Christians who have funded so many missions projects. Praise the Lord for that. But the general run-of-the-mill, which I am one, run up. By the, I'm going to stop there. We are all wealthy beyond imagination compared to most of the world. We have been blessed beyond measure. I've got two cars, three cats, a garden plot that will never work for me. I've got, I've got a house with electric and gas and water and sewage. And I've got, I've got, I've got warmth. I've got a furnace that's older than my son, but it's still working. I've got air conditioner the same way, but I've got window units upstairs. I've got all the food I can eat in three and two or three. I've got enough food for two or three months. If I use a hot dog a day or something like that, or have bacon every oh bacon every morning, or if I make the cinnamon biscuits which I did yesterday, those last me for like several days or three four days. So the most Christians across the Christian realm are pretty much poor as church mice. So this, I, matter of fact, the example, the master, did he have just but one coat that they gambled for? He had nowhere to lay his head. And you're going to preach to me that I'm a child of God, that I'm going to have wealth beyond imagination. And if I will send you, preacher, $100, that I'll get $1,000 back. You get your $100, i will get zero. Probably most likely. There was intolerance. There is ignorance in 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Why are they persecuting the Christians? Because they don't know the Savior. That's as simple as that. They don't know who the Christian really is. Now, I have to say there are some Christians, and we're very good at shooting our wounded at times, I'll have to say, and sadly so. But we're not going out and hauling them and chopping off their heads if they don't say Jesus is Lord. We're not chopping off. No, we're not doing that. We're saying to you, let the Holy Spirit, by the way, the Holy Spirit's got to be involved in everything like that. Let the Spirit work on someone's heart. And I'll tell you, he does a 10,000 times better job than you can with nagging. Let the Spirit work in the lives. By the way, start with yourself. Stop right there. It's not my sister, not my brother, not my mother, not my father. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's me. It's me. Ignorance. The reasons for hate and the results of the hate in 22. If I had not come and spoken unto them, then they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Jesus came and he is the light that shines forth and identifies the sin. Did you, and my brother was interesting. Now I don't know how in, in, up in Chillicothe. There was a person that had work done, I think at his school, and the building was there, and, and they said, and they said, but they brought the contractor through. Well, the gentleman said, well, you know, we have a leak here and a leak here. We shine the light up on it, and we can see the leak. He goes, oh, read your contract. It has to be seen by normal sight in normal light. If you have to shine some extra light on it, we don't have to cover that. It has to be seen in normal light. Normal sight. I guess that's the way a lot of them are. I don't know. But I'm saying that to say this. When Jesus comes, it's like, whoa. It's like turning on your bathroom mirror with the both the 150, and they're looking right at you. Wow, my goodness. I had hair in my ears again this weekend. I cannot believe that. I don't want to see that. But, you know, somebody's got to see it. No one else wants to see it. So I've got to take care of that need. Take those ear off. Take the hair on your nose. you got a hair on your nose. Man, i got to pull that out too. I'm just, this is life. I'm just telling you, this is, life. this is the way it is. 
I don't see that unless I have a bright light. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't see the need of your, of your soul unless the light of Jesus, the light of the world shines. And if he's shining on your heart this morning and you don't know him, Savior, come today. Just heard yesterday of a 23-year-old girl and her boyfriend or her husband were on a motorcycle this past week and it was the warm day and they hit a dog. They drug the dog 50 feet. She fell off and was killed instantly and he was life-flighted. I believe he's on life support even now. 23 years old. Had just got a new business on the start I'm sure that young lady did not plan on going into eternity that day. But pastor, that won't happen. Listen, there have been at least, I think, four or five people killed on the road I take to work in the last three weeks, four weeks, going up to 67. You need to be ready. If he's spoken to your heart today, respond. The hatred of the world for the Father in 23 and 24. If I had not done among them the words which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated me, both me and my father. And 25, but this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. The hatred was focused in 24, and it's foretold if you're keeping notes in 25. I'm reading from Psalm 39. Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me, neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. I'm reading from Psalm 69, 4. Let they that hate me without a cause. And that is it. If you're here and you're standing in opposition to the Savior, listen, you have no cause to do that. He gave you life and he wants to give you everlasting life. But you must come to him. It may not be, well, pastor, I don't hate God, but perhaps you're indifferent or there's apathy on your part. Listen, he died that you might have life and you will stand one day before him to give an account of what you did with Jesus. If you do not know him, would you come to receive him? Nominal Christian, it is time for you. I need to know, I'm not trying to be difficult or trying to be uh, uh, pessimistic, but when it comes time to bury you, I want to know beyond shadow of a doubt, that you name the name of Christ as your Savior. And there's no question about it. And I don't have to wonder. I don't have to work around ever saying that you were a child of God. When I do your funeral, I can say, listen, I know he made a public, clear testimony. Jesus is his Savior. And that makes, I'm telling you, it makes, my, makes it so much easier. Still sad. But I can say, now we're here to remember someone who's better off today than ever were. And striving believer, keep on keeping on. But pastor, they, they, the world hates us, yes. Hated him too. But it doesn't mean we stop. It means we in love keep sharing what the Bible says. Let's pray together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Lord, I pray that you help us as we think about this message. Lord, I pray if there's a need this morning, if there's even one, two, three, four who do not know Christ as Savior, perhaps they've been putting it off, perhaps they've been convicted, the Holy Spirit's maybe moved in their heart today. It's not what the pastor says, it's what the Spirit, may, if, they've, if they've been convicted, may they respond. Lord, the easiest thing to preach is love and all these things that don't call people to, to examine their lives. Lord, to be fair... Because I, I believe I, I want to show love. 
I want to do it in a loving way. We need to be reminded that there is not only a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. So Lord, if there's a need and you've worked, may we respond. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.